Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Welcome to Pixel Sift. This is Radio Murdoch's weekly video game show. <laughs> As you can probably tell, we're trying to do things quite complex here. We're going on live on Twitch right now. You can hear it playing in the background because we forgot to pause it. Um, this is Radio Murdoch's weekly video game show where we analyze the pixels from console to mobile to everything in between and bring you the best commentary this side of the wasteland. I'm Gianni. And this is our 10th episode, and it's a special one because we're breaking into the double digits and also streaming live out on Twitch, as I just mentioned. We're on twitch.tv slash pixelsift. Joining me in the studio are my intrepid co-hosts, Mitch and Scott, and giving me a hand on the video feed, we've got James. Say hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. So this week, we are talking about the negative side of online play. Uh, We're looking at toxic multiplayers and how to deal with nasty opponents online. I got a couple of favorite techniques. Got a couple of favourite techniques. We're going to hear all about that. We have an interview with John and Jess. They're from Let's Make Games. They're the organisers of the Perth Games Festival 2015. It's a free event this weekend that you can check out all the latest in WA's video game community right in the heart of Perth City. And in our sort of, I guess, our airlocky area. Green room. In our green room, we've got a local developer coming into the studio to tell us all about his game. Yeah, so we got uh, Kai from Rabdophobic Wizards uh, stopping by to talk about um, Bre- Bellis Mortem. Yeah. Bellis Mortem. I've been there practicing that. You I got Rabdophobic, right? It was yeah, like, I got, yeah, that was the one I was focusing on. There we go. All that and more coming up on Pixel Sift on Radio Murdoch. You can check out Pixel Sift and all the other great Radio Murdoch shows on www.radiomurdoch.com. Read blogs check out the upcoming schedule, and listen back to previous shows. Radio Murdoch, The Student Wave. So this week, uh, Riot Games, the developer of arguably the biggest game in the world right now, uh, League of Legends, announced some changes to the upcoming 2016 season. Uh, A new chest and key loot system will enable players to access new skins and champions. That is unless you are deemed a toxic or unruly player by the League of Legends community guidelines. And this will basically mean that players deemed toxic will be forever unable to access this new re- new reward system. Uh, it's pretty interesting development in combating online hate and toxicity. All right. Um, do we see this as being successful? So, so that's interesting. So you locked out of a very particular part of the game just, re- associated with rewards. Just this new re- reward system that they're releasing. Okay. But the interesting thing about this new reward system that they've got in there is they've got some content in there that wasn't previously available for free. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a random number generator, sort of uh, play your your chances and see what you can get. 
um, while doing it, but you can get things that you normally have to pay for for free. So there is right. a benefit for people being a good player and a, I guess, a constructive and, and a good. Well, well it seems member. like it's rewarding everyone first, and if you're determined to be not cool, then kicking you out. Yeah, exactly. You, it's it's uh, innocent until proven guilty kind of thing. You have to commit these negative or toxic um, like that crimes. So pretty much, get- it's a so it's a ve- it's a developer taking it. So it's like I guess addressing it at a player level. Mm. Right, kind of going to a different point. I mean, League of Legends has always had a big uh, issue with this. They've introduced uh, many systems in the past where they're trying to tackle this problem with people who are just making it awful for people to play their game. Because you know, yeah, when you're starting a new game and you want to play something, you find that you know it's really the how you interact with someone in a multiplayer, at least your first experience, how it's going to be for the rest of your experience. It sure. sets the tone. You know, you only get one first impression, and that's the way it goes. Yep. They had this system called the Tribunal. Um, where you could basically, uh, I guess they got all the players to kind of judge everyone and say, was this uh, inappropriate? Well, basically they had, like, you know, say if there was an action that you deemed negative, then you can live report it uh, and it goes into a case file for that person and every person has their own behavioural case file. Really? Yeah. Can you access that? Is that... Uh, for get, you to have? No, no, I'm, I'm guessing not. It'll be great to see mine. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. that works both ways. Play LOL, but so, if somebody did something good, you get positive and you go, you know, in, in the positive rankings, I guess, of behavioural studies. I mean, uh, like you said, right, games have kind of been pushing this for a few years. This isn't the first time they've delved into uh, trying to stop toxicity in their games. They've had a big push about three years ago to yeah, yeah, I mean, clear also, it all up. They've they? also did a lot of research, uh, scientific research, apparently, so they say. Like um that. <clears throat> They've got some stats like regarding the kind of the people that do this uh, this toxic gaming. Um, they say eighty percent, eighty seven percent of online toxicity comes from the neutral and positive players uh, just having a bad day, basically, um, and not from the persistently negative pay- players online. Um, I guess the people who are persistently negative are still going to be a minority, aren't they? They're never going to be the maximum people. So I guess if you it have takes a lot of energy to be that all the time, annoying yeah. all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, and I think. You know, it's like the real world in that if you have a bad day and, you know, you can't internalize it or you can't find a, a healthy way to deal with it, you can just go and inflict it on a bunch of people around you and that can cause issues for other people. Well, if you think about it, like people play video games to unwind and if they've had a stressful day and they come online and then they start doing poorly in something that they're pretty emotionally invested in, it just there's no way suddenly their escape has become their yeah. mediocrity again. Absolutely. So they just get angry. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely you're right. It's it's a form of escapism, and they know, like, say, you know, say if you're uh, battlefield playing battlefield, and you just keep getting owned as soon as you respawn, and like you know you're good at this game, and all you want to do is just unleash all this stress from your day, and it doesn't have. Well, it's going to come out in other ways, isn't it? Interesting Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, I, knew, I did say Battlefield, just to keep you, off the Battlefront kind of wagon because I say it too much. It's in your heart, right yeah, there. It's it all um, in my face. The new Battlefront, when it came out, actually has been when it was released. No, most of these online games, anything that's got a chat function, yeah, um, will have some sort of like I guess uh, like swearing filter. Yeah, it's a language filter. Yeah, yeah. If you're saying things that are going to be inappropriate, or just to stop ver- verbal abuse. Mm. Which Riot Games apparently, oh, well, it, it claims that with the new governance system, they've reduced verbal abuse online by forty percent. Wow, and interesting. That, yeah, I mean that's a it's a big stat. <laughs> But I think there's lots of, I mean, not we were talking about this before, but it's not going to be always just limited to just voice chat, is it? It's going to be when people are talking into their microphones and they're going on there. And I guess that's the reason why they bring in things like mute buttons. Yeah. But if you get to a point where you've muted so many people and the community is only small, 
then... But I find that, I mean, with games anyway, unless they're in my squad and I'm communicating with them directly, I don't want to hear their chatter. And I'll mute everyone that I'm that is on my like you know that is in my team that I'm not directly kind of communicating with because it's annoying yeah that's true like you don't regardless really... of if they're flaming me or being dicks or not like it's still annoying and there is still problems with certain groups online when they hear certain voices and stuff people go out there and target them um, mm-hmm. you know I know for I've got a lot of friends um, female friends who play online and they don't use a microphone because they'll either get inundated with you know white knighting or there'll be douchebags and it's just a a bad time for all. So, you know, it's uh, something there. Now, Mitch, you've been saying you've done a little bit of research into how we can probably try and solve some of these problems. We're going to solve the online toxicity problem right right now. I guess we'll we'll, we'll try and not necessarily solve it, but let's make it a bit easier. So basically, like if someone, like a a lot of the online, I guess, antagonistic behaviour comes from shifting the blame and it's often between teammates that this happens so like um a really like a decent player will be ragged on by usually honestly it's the people at the bottom of the team just blaming other people for their for the the team's loss so basically i guess you can like i mean there's no point in fighting them because we all know how that goes and like responding there's there's just there's just no winning there but i guess what you can do is i guess like just like blame something in the game like just say like oh well you know that gun's particularly bad i got caught on that piece of scenery yeah We'll make excuses broken. all the time. Yeah, but like just, you know. But in a game like League of Legends where, you know, you you really are quite affected by your lowest players, you know, excuses aren't going to cut it, basically. Yeah, but like, I mean, just, I mean, it would just be so that like, just don't blame the individual, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. It's like, you don't, you don't have to be like, just antagonistic all the time. And remember, like, the, what happens on the screen does not carry over of when you step when you step away from the controller or keyboard yeah it's it doesn't affect you in real life so don't worry about it lots of people forget i think as well that everyone is playing this game because they want to have a good time absolutely and Mm. some people may want to be the best at the game and that's the way that they have a good time but it's not everyone some people just want to go in there and just muck around and have a good time and just let them be you Mm -hmm. know just have have a good time and have fun and yeah i think just don't don't inflict your problems on other people i just feel that's a little bit too perfect worldy yeah, right. no. yeah, that that is. If it was that right. easy, then we Scott. wouldn't have this issue in the first place. You know? <laughs> Scott, we've just solved toxic <laughs> online players. It's, <laughs> I know we are in this. the perfect world now. So, yeah. well, can I just say, Riot Games seem to be doing a pretty good effort at solving it as well, because ninety-two percent of the negative citizens uh, that they kind of punish um, or give a warning to uh, go on to never commit another offence again. So far. So there you go. That's the way to keep on top of it. I guess we'll be uh, keeping an eye on this. Uh, if you, I mean, if you, what do you do when you're online and you see people who are being abusive or yeah, uh, think? Let us know. You can find us on Twitter. We're at pixelsift.com forward. Uh, sorry, not pixelsift.com. <laughs> Twitter.com forward slash uh, pixelsift. We'll be at pixelsift.com one day. Um, but yeah, right now let's go into our next segment. Pixel Sift. It's not Pixel Sift. It's Pixel Sift. Pixel Sim! Coming up this weekend, if you are in Western Australia, there is the brand new, well, sort of brand new. It's been going for the two years now. It's in their second year. It's, it's shiny still. It's shiny. It's still got a bit of, bit of sheen gloss. on it. Yeah. It's the Perth Games Festival. It's happening this Saturday. Uh, so that'll be Saturday the 28th of November. November. You can check it out for free if you are in the area and have a look at some of the best uh, local developers and check out all sorts of great stuff. We're going to be down there having a look. We will um, be there. Talking well, you won't. Well, I won't be. I'll yeah. be in Melbourne. Scott and I will. 
Scott and yeah, Scott and Mitch will be carrying the team. Um, checking it out. We're going to be doing some good stuff. During the week, I had a chance to chat to John and Jess. They are from letsmakegames.org. Uh, they are a not-for-profit that is basically trying to get as many people to make games as possible and um, enjoy the art of making games. And uh, they told me what it was all about. The Perth Games Festival was started last year in response to Let's Make Games wanting to further promote the local game developers of Perth. Uh, we had been running a what's called a game developer showcase at uh, Central TAFE for several years, uh, East Central, Open, Claysbrook. And um, we only had a very limited public engagement. So we wanted to make sure that this is kind of event that a lot of public could get into and it was better quality for the developers. And that's why Anthony pitched the idea of making it a big festival and making it an event. And here we are. <laughs> yep. Hi, I'm John Hayward. I am the festival director for the Perth Games Festival of 2015. I'm Jess Watson. I'm the festival coordinator for the 2015 Perth Games Festival, and I also work with the Let's Make Games community group, doing all sorts of background things, so community management and Twitter and hassling people, so all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this year we've gone much bigger. So last year um, we had a huge response. We had a lot of people through the door. Um, we, so were, we were originally expecting 400 people from the public to attend, and we got 1,600 people through the door. Uh, not all at the same time, <laughs> uh, but we it was a little bit crowded. Um, sardines might be the comment. So the first thing we did is we talked to the town hall and booked out the entire building. We actually have the foyer and the undercroft, and then also we've got all the games upstairs in the main hall. So what was the big thing that you learned from putting it on from the last year? Did, was there one major thing you could say, oh, look, we need to definitely look at this, or what worked really well? The, the main thing that came through was that all the developers and even the community really appreciated coming together and having an event where we could say, look at all this awesome stuff. Um, afterwards, had so many developers come up and just be like, this was amazing. It was so good to see all the other games and talk to other people and all these attendees coming in and being like, I didn't realize that this was made in Perth or I found all these games that I didn't know about and they're amazing. And it's really sort of solidified what's already been happening in Perth and kind of, you know, shared it out. It's like, we are doing awesome stuff and there's all these cool people and connecting everyone together. And that went, yeah, everyone went really well. Everyone loved it. So do you see this mostly as, I guess, is, is it an industry advertising event? Is it to encourage people to get in to make games themselves? What, what are your like major goals from this? Let's Make Games is mostly about you know making games and supporting people who are interested in doing that. So there's the there is the industry side of you know people who want to do it as um, you know a business or people who just want to get into the games industry. Um, but we're also just really keen to have people you know experiencing making their own play events and you know knowing that it's something that they can do. So it is industry related in that it gives developers a chance to showcase their work, get experience talking to the public and, you know, getting word out there of what's going on. But it's also, you know, a, a lot about the fact that, you know, you too can make games and it's it's awesome and, you know, we can all get together and talk about them. So, yeah. Is there enough people around in Perth that someone who wanted to make games could potentially turn it into a job and do it from Perth? We already have a very diverse environment community. Um, let's make games and the what we've seen is we have a lot of people not only doing video games but board games uh, we have people starting to work on more pervasive games 
In terms of making it a full-time career, what we're not seeing is more companies growing to be able to take on more people, uh, to be able to hire more developers, uh, programmers, artists, producers, uh, be able to contract out sound engineers. Um, everyone's still very small scale because they're having to bootstrap and do whatever they can. The festival itself is really sort of showing that things are already happening here. There are already studios making games full time. There are people contracting out. There are people, you know, heading overseas and coming back. But, you know, it's showing that this stuff's already going on. We don't have to kind of, you know, think that one day it'll happen because it's going on. What's the ultimate goal of both the Perth Games Fest and Let's Make Games? Where, where, do, you want, where do you want to be in five years' time? That is a good question. <laughs> We're taking it one day at a time. Um, with the Perth Games Festival, really we just want to keep running a, a really solid event that, that shows the Perth community what's going on and really connects developers together. So we, we just love for it to sort of get bigger and better, to have more opportunities for you know workshops and talks for the developers and more hands-on experience for the attendees coming in. And then, yeah, more games going on. So what can people see this weekend at the Perth Games Festival? At the Perth Games Festival, people should definitely check out the Badge Quest. We've got an actual game within our Games Festival, which people are welcome to take part in. Which is full of games. Yes, full of games, and it's free. Um, We have a number of booths across the festival which have badges associated with their games. You go to one of their games, you complete a task, and you earn a badge. People who collect 12 badges, or for kids it is eight, um, can go and pick any one of our prizes, and we have heaps of prizes. We've got tickets to go play in the uh, Curse of the Mummy escape room by the Realms. We've got uh, special edition copies of Freedom Fall. We've got copies of Cogs, which is a locally made board game. And we have heaps and heaps of books on game development, on coding for adults and kids, um, illustration, animation, all that kind of stuff. So free to take part in it and all you do is play games and get badges so they should definitely come and check that out fti has very kindly um funded to bring amani nasim over from melbourne uh to run the whistler and several other games uh in the pervasive game space we've also got the sk on conference running on sunday which is meant to be a continuation of the discussion last year at the after party uh several good discussions are going on amongst game developers and we didn't really want it to end. And this is uh, Backyard.sk, uh, Louis and Sophie's um, way of going, hey, we can get this going in a very Perth-style manner, like a very casual, everyone get together and we'll talk about a bunch of stuff and not necessarily games. And by having these different events run by different people, it's really helping broaden the base of how people can interact with the games um, and learn and grow. Some very nice beats by our very own DJ SQ, Scotty Quig. You're welcome. In the studio. Sounds good. We'll keep you around. You you got some some skills on you. Uh, That was John Hayward and Jess Watson. They are from Let's Make Games. They are running the Perth Games Festival, which is happening this weekend. If you want to find out a bit more information, you can go online. Where can you go online to find out some more info? You can go to www.perthgamesfestival.com, I believe. They're also uh, on Twitter and things like yeah, that. Yeah, all the things. We're also going to put a link up to all their information on the show notes for this particular episode, so you can have a look to see all the stuff on there. They've got a big schedule up there of all the events. Um, there is a nice big uh, theatre where you can go and check out 
all the cool stuff that is happening. There's a bunch of really interesting talks. It's happening down at the Perth Town Hall from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm pretty sure they're pretty clever, these guys, so they probably have some resources online as well. So if you want to check things out, if you're not in Perth... Yeah, I'm sure that's happening. You can definitely have a look at that as well. That's uh, the Perth Games Festival. Check it out. Whether PC, handheld or console, Pixel Sift, Radio Murdoch. And joining us in the studio now for our inaugural, our very first in-studio guest, we are joined by... Kai David, he is from Rabdophobic. Did I get it? You did. Yes. Rabdophobic Games. I worked on that for like half an hour. So <laughs> long. You made it really hard for us we've today. We've totally yeah. changed it. We, we, we've rebranded it to RW Games now, just, just really? for okay. simplicity. So. But no. Yeah, it's, I'm just going to say it's a radio host's nightmare, <laughs> having something that long, so many syllables in there. Uh, not super fun. But you have just launched a game. It is called Bellus Mortem, and it's hitting the Kickstarters right now. It's actually up there straight away. That happened on Saturday that you launched it. Yep, that's right. Yeah, we launched it Saturday on uh, Kickstarter and Greenlight at the same time. And what sort of game is it? How, what Can you explain? What's your five-minute or your five-seconds pitch in an <laughs> elevator to someone? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm try- I've got two. All right. Okay. And it depends on if you're a gamer or not. Okay. All right. So well, I, can, for- I think we can say that most of our gamers. audience should be gamers. So let's go for the gamer pitch. Okay, sweet. I go, it's, uh, we've grabbed Magicka and Super Smash Bros and we've merged it together. And what does it look like when you're playing the game for those living out there in Radio Land? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a battle arena where we've got kind of a a top-down point of view. Uh, You play as a cat wizard and you use your different abilities to hit other cat wizards outside this arena. Uh, The longer they stay outside the arena, they take damage and eventually explode. And the sort of arena shrinks as you go along. The arena shrinks, yeah. If anyone's played Warlock, we totally didn't steal it from them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's the good thing about uh, games is you can take influence from different places. You can remix and remaster all about the, you know, taking culture and, and... moving it into different areas and different expressions of that. Now, you guys are going for the Kickstarter route. Yes. Now, you pick the Kickstarter. Why did you go for Kickstarter? Why did you choose to go that over some of the other options that you could pick, say, for example, early access or going straight to Steam or maybe Humble Store? or Right, right. So um, pretty much all of those are linked. So, for example, Kickstarter uh, is just... It, it, you know, a proof of concept. If we make any money on Kickstarter, it means people are willing to buy it, which then we can take those statistics to Humble Bundle and to um, GOG and, and then pretty much everyone else and say, well, we've already proven that it can be sold. Now put us on your store. Uh, and then see, that's when that's an sells. interesting approach to it. I never, I never thought of it just as a marketing tool solely. Yeah, see, the, the interesting thing with Kickstarter now is that that is what it's become. Um, if you look up most things on uh, online of like why why do a Kickstarter, it's pretty much because it's purely marketing. So it's just like exposure before any profit is made. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's a proof of concept. So that means we can take it to investors and say, well, you know, look, we can make money. You know, we we have a legitimate interest in this already. Yeah, and, yeah, and we have a product. Yeah, yeah. W- people willing to pay money as opposed to we've got a following. You know, we got like twenty thousand people following us, and a now we've got. You know, two thousand sales and bases. I guess like the financial backing is always what really gets people interested. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's like now that you've said you like the game, put your money to where your mouth is, kind of deal. Um, I guess you got to support it in the more traditional manner. Mm. Mm, mm, I agree. Is it a bit of a danger? Uh, 
I guess, getting to a point where you've pulled in huge, huge amounts of money and now you've got all this, like, expectation and an obligation to yeah. these fans. Yeah, totally. Like, in fact, that that is something that we haven't planned for. So okay. if, if we exceed our, our goal greatly, we'll probably have to have a long sit down and, and actually work out what's going on. Because if we budget incorrectly, you know, two years down the track, we, or even less, we'll be, you know, bankrupt and then there'll be another failed game on Kickstarter and a lot of people upset. And there's uh, a balance between trying to use the money well and I guess going, well, we've got all this money, we're just going to spend it. And if you don't... Just go for it. Yeah. 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 I mean, we will put at least one or two giant slides in the office. I mean, yeah. you can't not, right? <laughs> <laughs> to complement your ball pit that you've already got in your uh, yeah. your office already. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The ball pit, you know, you slide into it. It's going to be great from the roof. I mean, it's a little bit stable, but it'll be yeah. right. <laughs> um, so what is your what was your plan when you are approaching the Kickstarter? How did you go, all right, this is what we're going to do and how we're going to mm. go? Is it just chuck it out there and, and go for it? Or h- how did you put it together? Yeah, so, um, well, I spent a lot of time just looking at other Kickstarters and seeing what everybody else had done. Um, and then we we spoke with the the team that uh, that works with us and all the art guys and stuff like that and said, okay, what visually do we need to put in this? Because the more visuals, the better. Um, we luckily have a sound guy who does film as well, and he, he constructed all the the audio and the clip together and put it into one big package. Uh, and then that's kind of what we started. And we realized that, you know, there's no way we're going to make the goal without some sort of miracle like Purdy Pie jumps online and plays our game or something. Um, so we needed it as more of a business ploy. And so that was kind of our whole goal was like, okay, we know Perth will support us and we know other people will support us. So if we can just use that enough to to take it to either government grants or, or um, investors, then that's all we need. So we purely aimed it at that focus which was exposure and sales for from perth people and when you're i guess deciding how much you're going to ask for yeah how do you decide that well so one, how much did you guys ask for he's only asking because uh, we want to ask for some money <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah we start like we we said fifteen thousand, and that was actually really easy because we we know that there's a company called the knights of unity and these guys take on contract work and they built games to uh, ported games from local multiplayer to online. And so we said, hey, how much would it cost roughly? And they said $10,000. $10, we said, well, we'll probably need 5000 for all the Kickstarter rewards and whatnot. Um, so it was kind of just A and B together. But if we were going into like, uh, you know, actually aiming it for for the production of a proper game, we'd probably look at, you know, how how many hours is it going to take? What's our scope? Can we reduce the scope? Like, are we outsourcing XAMZ? You know, those kinds of things. Uh, and then it would have changed from 15,000 to like 80 to 100,000. Yeah. So. so where's the ideal place that you want people to play this thing? Are you picturing it to be, I guess, is your ultimate goal to have it on a console? Yeah. Or do you want to have it um, on, an, on a, a tablet of some kind or do you want to have it so that people can play it on their phones? Mm. Where, where Where is the ideal place to play this game? Uh, PC, Mac, PlayStation and Xbox. Okay. Those are our goals. So uh, controller based. Controller based, yeah. yeah. We, you know, our, our ideal goal would be to compete against League of Legends and have another eSport game up there and another one that's like interesting and challenging and whatnot. You um, want to be at the point where you can complain about the toxicity plans. Of you're all your put gamers. Yeah. Just, yeah. About, just yeah. about to ask, what are your toxicity plans? Do you have to lock out rewards? <laughs> Look, if we, if we were going to go into toxic, toxicity plans, we would just omit the chat box, just like it. Like just um, get rid of it? Yeah, yeah, because that's where most of your problems come from. People want event but if you limit it to and and don't give them the options then yeah i mean if with your game uh do check it out online because it's it's a great looking game or hop on and play it at perth <laughs> game fest uh bellis mortem but i mean it does it looks like a console player it looks mm. like very smash bros 
uh, yeah. you know, a, a, a couple of people kind of all playing against each other, and it will suit consoles perfectly. Yeah, uh, and you. yeah, like you said, you don't you don't need a chat in that kind of game. No, let people rage that with their remotes and whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah, you don't need that contact in that kind of game, I don't think. Yeah. It just uh, opens up the avenues of would hate you, speech. Would you make it uh, internet multiplayer or are you going to have it mostly local? Internet multiplayer if we can re- reach our goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely what's going to happen. And that, that's what w- will give us the ability to compete with things like easy, like to go to esports and that kind of stuff. Awesome. Um, hopefully. Fingers crossed. I mean, you guys have all pledged, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course we have. Yeah, there'll be a uh, donation from PixelSiv as a whole. There will be yeah. a donation coming from us. Yeah. Um, so Hang on, this is supposed to be the other way around. <laughs> yeah. 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 This will come around. We wait until we get our Kickstarters to start up our own station yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys will pledge us, and then when you yeah. guys yeah. get your Kickstarter, we'll send a pledge through to you guys. And then <laughs> no money will be made. That's Everyone okay. Be, yeah. It's all about the numbers. I think and that's laundering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're on camera, water. guys. Come on. <laughs> Never mind. We just edit it out. What's yeah. the best thing about being... You guys are working in, I guess, a, sh- a co-working space. Yeah, an incubator. In, an incubator yeah. in, in Perth. What What's the advantages of being in something like that versus, I guess... I mean, it's not impossible to do something like this at home. No, no. You could do it all solo. So, uh, two advantages of having your own office and having an incubator. An incubator allows you to be like around like-minded people. Uh, so we have, you know, Bright Sprite who did Bramber Lash. We have Bear Tooth who did Super Salmon Migration. I think that's exactly right. Yep. Uh, and and we get to work next to these guys, and and then uh, you'll probably notice a lot of similarities between Bramber Lash and Bellus Mortem just visually. A little bit stylistically, yeah, for yeah, sure. It's yeah. noticeable, but not in a bad way, you know. No, no, it's, it's a lot of it's because like we'll see them do something good. Oh, that's nice, and then go and do it ourselves, and then vice versa. Well, that's the great thing about I guess about the incubator. You know, you're you're forming lots of ideas and you know ruling out bad ones and polishing all your skills yeah, under yeah. one kind of roof. Exactly. And it allows me to go a bit business crazy and I can be like, well, how about instead of just investing in one company, you invest in three and, and do crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Business ventures. Oh. So, Kai, <laughs> if people want to go and check out your Kickstarter, what's the best way for them to find it? Right. If you go to, um, if, you, if you just go www.rwgames.net slash support. That's how you'll find us. Otherwise, you can go to our Facebook, our Twitter. Uh, you can just Google Bellus Mortem. We're, we're pretty much all over the internet. It's we'll put very some, easy to find now. We'll put some yeah. links up to that onto <laughs> our uh, show notes for this week. Unfortunately, guys, that's all we've got time for today. That's a real quick show. It was great fun. Um, you can check us out online. You can go to www.radiomurdoch.com slash pixelsift. Scott... Where are we on the socials? Uh, people can find us at facebook.com forward slash pixel sift, twitter.com forward slash pixel sift, and twitch TV, guess it, forward slash pixel sift. And Mitch, if people want to listen to our older episodes. Yeah, so you can check us out on Radio Murdoch um, to stream the episodes, or you can subscribe to our podcast on either iTunes or using the RSS link on our page. And I want my own mic next week. No worries, we'll do that. <laughs> Give us a, rest- a rating and a review, and we'll see you next week. Check Thanks out. a lot, guys. See ya. So- thank you. If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. 
Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. 